Pastor Xavier Reese talks about the importance of living a life that is honoring to the Lord. Zion shall be called the city of righteousness, Isaiah 126. The one reigning as Jesus we've seen, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek, king of righteousness, Psalm 110 verse 4. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what, Jesus said, be filled. Yes, Matthew 5, 6. Righteousness will be the characteristic of the millennial king. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We've spent billions of dollars on space exploration all in the guise of seeking our origin and securing our future. Well, according to the Bible, our origin is from God, and this earth will soon cease to exist. Today, as he continues his exposition of the book of Revelation, Pastor Xavier helps us see God's plan for this world and the age to come. The message is entitled, The Millennial Kingdom. The Millennial Kingdom is a term that refers to the period of the thousand years mentioned in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, verse 2 through 7. The teaching of the scripture is clear. There can be no earthly theocratic kingdom without the personal presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. A twofold fulfillment. The first half. Verse 6 is the first coming. Verse 7 is the second coming, the kingdom of David. Isaiah says, In mercy the throne will be established, and one will sit on the, and in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking justice, hastening righteousness. Isaiah 16, 5. One will sit upon it. Who? Only Jesus, the Messiah. In fact, by the very words of Jesus, he says he will sit upon the throne. Jesus presented himself as the king returning to receive a kingdom in his teaching in the Gospels. The parables are clear on this. The parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and then the interpretation in verse 36 through 43. The present age is one of sowing the word of God for salvation between the first and the second coming. In the parable of the pounds, Luke 19, 11 through 27, the nobleman went out to receive a kingdom and return. The servants were delivered menas and told, do business till I come. At his return, he took account of their faithfulness and rewarded accordingly, judging those who did not want him to rule over them. Very, very clear. And if you go to the other parables, it's the same thing. He spoke constantly about returning for his kingdom. The person of Christ then will inaugurate the millennial kingdom. It's very clear. In the book of Revelation here, chapter 19 gives us the full preview of his coming on a horse with a sharp to a sword coming from his mouth in the battle of Armageddon. Paul the apostle, remember, said 
that it's to save Israel by removing their blindness and giving them a new heart in Romans 11, 25 through 26. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the blindness that happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, the full number of the church. Then God will deal with Israel once again. But also to return to destroy the wicked armies in the battle of Armageddon, as chapter 19 tells us here, and to take the beast and the false prophet and cast them into uh, the lake of fire alive, as Second Thessalonians chapter 1, 7 through 9, and also Revelation 19, 15 through 21. Look at 19 there, 15 through 21. Now out of the mouth goes a sharp sword, that he should strike the nations, plural, all of them, and himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He establishes the kingdom. All the nations of the world with the Antichrist will be there to try to stop Jesus from setting up the kingdom. He will destroy them. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his uh, robe and on his thigh a name, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, crying out with a loud voice, saying, All the birds that fly in the midst of the heavens, come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and flesh of captains, flesh of mighty men and flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet and worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. So the armies of the world will be there to try to stop Jesus from setting up the kingdom. We will come back with him. We're not going to have to fight. Jesus wipes them out. But make it clear in verse 16, he's Lord of lords and he's King of kings. Psalm 2 also gives you the same preview. Why do the heathen rage? Why do they imagine a vain thing? I will laugh at them. I will have them in derision. And the psalm finishes like this. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Why? Because the practice of idolatry is you kiss your idol. He says, you want to kiss somebody. You want to give somebody a lip lock. You give it to Jesus. Not an idol. It's a symbol of adoration and worship. But also to judge the nations. As he destroys the nations, Matthew 25, 31 through 46 says that Jesus will judge the nations as to their treatment of the Jew during the great tribulation. Listen to Matthew 25, 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he separates the sheep from the goat. All those who have not received the mark of the beast on their forehead or their right hand will be allowed to go into the kingdom age to repopulate it. Okay? This particular judgment of the nations is how the nations treated the Jew. As Jews were treated good by some Gentiles during Hitler's time and Israel acknowledges them and gives them automatic citizenship and care for life, God will reward every person who helps the Jew during the Great Tribulation. It's just that simple. The beasts of false prophet are cast into the lake of fire, alive. And Jesus sets up the kingdom in chapter 20, verse 1 through 4, as we've seen. Now, the reason he sets up the kingdom are several. Let me give them to you. First, to reign as the rightful king 
1916. King of kings, Lord of lords. Also to attest of his character, he cannot lie. Numbers 23, 19, and many other passages. God has said it. God has declared it. Shall he not do it? Yes. Also to establish the perfect government on the earth in his own person. We already saw Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. In his own person, he'll establish it. To redeem the earth from the curse, Romans chapter 8, verse 22 and 23. Creation groans for the deliverance of this curse. The plants are tired of the smog, the weeds, everything. They're quick. They can't wait till the Lord comes back so it becomes like Eden again. To establish the eternal covenant with Israel, we saw in Jeremiah 31 and Romans 11. To provide the final evidence of man's evil heart. As he rebels under the rule of the Messiah and follows Satan at the end of the thousand years in chapter 20, verse 6 to 10. Because as we'll see, Satan's going to be bound for a thousand years, but at the end he's let loose and people still follow him. To shut the mouth of every psychologist and psychiatrist and sociologist that is not the stinking environment. It's the miserable heart that's the problem. You're going to be under an ideal reign. And yet all the people who didn't take the mark and go into the kingdom to repopulate. And Israel, to fulfill the promises, they will have kids, as we'll see. They will repopulate. They will have sin nature. Not us. We're glorified. We're reigning with him. And yet at the end, they choose to follow Satan, the majority of them. What's the problem? The environment? No, no, no. The heart. The heart. You know, just as an evil king had to be removed from the throne in order that the new king would rule completely with full authority and not have any hindrances or interference from all allegiance or family members. So Jesus Christ will bind Satan for the thousand years. Look at uh, chapter 20 there, verse 1 through 3. He says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the keys of the bottomless pit, and with a great chain in his hand, he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of all, who is the devil, and Satan. Now, have you got his identity? He used a lot of titles to make sure you don't miss him. And bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Okay? He's bound for a thousand years. Now, the tribulation saints, as I said, will reign with Jesus. Those who did not receive the mark. This is found there in the next verses, verse 4 through 6. Listen. Immediately following, John says, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead or the right hand. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Does that seem confusing to you? It's very clear. But the rest of the dead, all those who were wicked, all those who took the mark, did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. And they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. The people who have occupied and repopulated the millennial kingdom will have to accept Jesus by their free will to enter the eternal state after the thousand years, just like you and I have had to accept the Lord here now on earth. So they're going to live, they're going to repopulate, not the church, we're glorified, but those who entered in from the great tribulation that didn't accept the mark. In fact, John says in verse 7 and 8 of this chapter, 
Now, when the thousand years were expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose name number is as the sand of the seas. So there will be one more rebellion that God will allow at the end of the thousand years. People say, why? Once again, to demonstrate that man has no excuse. It's not the environment. It's the heart of man. He's rebellious. This is the person of Christ in relationship to the millennium. Is there any doubt that he's going to sit on the throne and reign? Absolutely not. Now third, the spiritual character in relationship to the kingdom. The kingdom is characterized, first of all, by righteousness. Remember, the kingdom age is both spiritual and material. A theocratic kingdom, essentially a spiritual kingdom yet existing in the realm of the earth. It's physical here, but it's in spiritual nature. Now, only the righteous are allowed to enter in. Isaiah 26, 2, 60, 21, and Matthew 25, 37 for a few scriptures. Only the righteous. The one reigning is Jesus, we've seen. The high priest after the order of Melchizedek, king of righteousness, Psalm 110, verse 4. Hebrews 7, 2 tells us. Zion shall be called the city of righteousness, Isaiah 126. Israel will offer an offering of righteousness, Malachi 3, 3. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what, Jesus said? Be filled, Matthew 5, 6, the Sermon on the Mount. Righteousness will be the characteristic of the millennial kingdom. Second, the kingdom is characterized by, listen, obedience. The purpose of the original creation was to establish the kingdom through complete obedience, but Adam sinned. He blew it, Genesis 2, 16 and 17. It was through obedience, but disobedience entered in, and through disobedience, sin entered in, and through sin, death entered in. Jesus came as the last Adam to do the will of God, in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God, Hebrews 10, 9 says. The kingdom age under the new covenant will allow Israel to experience the new heart and the new mind as we've seen in Jeremiah 31, 33. They have not experienced that yet. The nation of Israel is not born again. The nation of Israel is not, does not accept Jesus Christ as Messiah. They're still looking for their Messiah. And that's only the Orthodox Jews. The majority of, of Israelis are just religious people or good moral pagans. Only the Orthodox believe in the Messiah's coming still. Now, the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh to indwell, fill, and teach the people. The prophecy of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And Peter quoted that in the day of Pentecost, Remember? And he didn't make a distinction between the first coming and he quoted all the way past the tribulation to the second coming. The ultimate fulfillment completely that it all will be filled is during the thousand-year reign. Right now, everybody's not filled with the Spirit of God, not the non-believer. Interesting. The kingdom also is characterized by holiness. Psalm 98, 1, Isaiah 52, 10 says, The Lord will make bare his holy arm, revealing he is Messiah, and again, the victory over his enemies. His holy arm. 
the holy seed will be the nucleus of the restored Jewish nation, Isaiah 6.13 says. All those in Zion will be called, listen, holy, Isaiah 35.8-10. Jerusalem will be called holy, Joel 3.17. The Lord will be exalted in his holy mountain, Psalm 48.1, Jeremiah 3.23. The Lord will establish his holy house, the law of which will be holy, Ezekiel 43.12. Israel will be Defile will not defile his holy name forever. Ezekiel 43, 7. Christ shall reign over the nations of the earth from the throne of his holiness. Psalm 47, 8 and 9. Zion and Jerusalem will be a crown of glory fit for the king of kings due to the Lord's doing in his kingly crown and royal diadem or tiara or mitre of the high priest which read, listen, holiness to the Lord, Isaiah 62. That's what he'll bear on his forehead, holiness to the Lord. That's what the priest wore when he went into the Holy of Holies. In that day, upon the bells of the horses, there will be inscribed, yes, there will be horses in the thousand-year reign. Now, I don't know about animals in, in, the, in the eternal state in heaven, but in the millennial kingdom, there'll be animals. Listen to what happens with the horses. It shall be inscribed on the horses, holiness to the Lord, and all the pots in Jerusalem and Judah shall be just as holy as the sacred vessels in the Lord's house. Zechariah 14, 20, and 21. The kingdom is also characterized by truth. Jesus himself is called truth, the ruling king. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus will be their God in truth and in righteousness, Isaiah 65, 16 says. And Zechariah 8.8. 8. Jesus will reveal unto Israel abundance of peace and truth. Jeremiah 33.6. The throne shall be established and Christ shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David. Isaiah 16.5. Jesus will judge the people of the world with his truth. Psalm 96.10. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. Zechariah 8.3. These are just some of the characteristics of the millennial reign. Now, the kingdom, lastly, not exhaustively, but last for our study, is characterized by the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Listen to some verses. The work of the Holy Spirit will be more abundant during the millennial kingdom than at any other time in the history of man. Jeremiah 31, 33 we saw already, Ezekiel 36, 27, 37, 14, Joel, many, many passages. And so the Holy Spirit is the one making the kingdom age possible, not man's abilities. Christ sits on the throne literally. We are reigning with him, and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And that's what makes it possible. Now, all that could have been at the beginning of the garden will be the reality in the new age, the millennial kingdom. Let me give you some of these things. First, the removal of the curse. The animal kingdom will be changed, having no venom or ferocity. You have Isaiah 11, 6 through 9, 35, 9, and 65, 25, just for a few. Now, let me just read you the first one that I gave you. Listen, real close. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leper shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion 
and the, and, and the fatling together. Now, have you seen that at the zoo lately? Not unless it's lunchtime. <laughs> All right? Listen. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like an ox. Really, no more carnivorous. The nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. So those people that enter in, they'll, they'll come home and say, Oh, here, hon, I got you a pet. What is it? A cobra. Here, play with it. <laughs> Won't be venomous, okay? They shall not hurt nor destroy at all in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord and the waters as the water covered the sea. Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. Pretty heavy, isn't it? Sickness will be removed by the reigning king, except for punishment. Longevity will exist as a child will die at 100 years old, as Isaiah says. Let me read you Isaiah 33, 24. And the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. It will be a whole different world. There will exist reproduction by the people living who went into the millennial kingdom in their natural bodies, those who did not receive the mark of the beast. They will have children, but they will have children just like you and I with sin nature. Therefore, they need to repent and be saved by faith, just like you and I have to now. We're glorified, but those people that go in still have to accept the Lord. Listen to Jeremiah 30, verse 20. The children also shall be as before, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all who oppress them. You have other verses, Jeremiah 31, 29, Ezekiel 47, 22, Zechariah 10, 8, and many others. There will be labor. It will not be a time of idleness, but a perfect economic system through labor. Let me read you Isaiah 65, 21 through 23, because there are so many. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people, and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth children for trouble. For they shall be the descendants of the blessed of the Lord, and their offsprings with me. He's talking about Israel. As Israel occupies the millennial kingdom, they will occupy all the land. Israel will be the wife who has been rejoined, reconciled to her husband. And the rest of the people who did not accept the mark of the beast will repopulate the earth. And Jesus will sit and reign in Jerusalem, as we'll see. And we will reign with him. A whole different world. There are so many other things that are described as having as peace, joy, comfort, glory, protection, economic prosperity, uh, a unified language and worship that will take place. And we'll look at that as we move along. The millennial state will be what follows the thousand-year reign. What God has for all eternity. We'll see the new heaven, the new earth. We'll see the new Jerusalem coming down. And so I wanted to give you a panoramic view so you can see that from Genesis to Revelation, the thousand-year reign, big word, millennial kingdom, is taught, promised, and it will take place. And so the person of Christ in relationship to millennial kingdom, 
cannot be mistaken. And the spiritual character and relationship to the millennial kingdom is laid out perfectly. Holiness, obedience, absolute rule by Christ. And so, here you have the millennial kingdom. It's coming. Pastor Xavier Reese encourages us with a reminder of what's still to come for those who are children of God. Now, you can request a copy of today's study from the book of Revelation titled The Millennial Kingdom. We can send you a copy for only $4 on CD. This will also contain what Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Millennial Kingdom. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us. With Christ as King, what's the Millennial Kingdom going to be like? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 